Welcome to the Modern Medicine Movement Podcast with Dr. Thomas Hemingway. Have you ever looked in the mirror and said to yourself, I thought I'd be healthier, in better shape, feel better both physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, and be further along in my life? If so, come on this journey with my dad as he explores all things health and wellness from a holistic, medical perspective, even as a classically trained physician. He'll share integrative strategies to optimize health and inspire you to join the modern medicine movement. Welcome, 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 guys, to the Modern Medicine Movement podcast. Oh, man. Super pumped, super grateful to be here with you. Oh, my gosh. First of its kind today, guys, we're doing a little trial run of a little Zoom podcast that has subtitles for all those folks that like to have the subtitles and for our hearing impaired friends that can now be able to access this awesome information. So hopefully this works for you guys. I'm so excited to finally have this option. Hopefully it works well. Shout out to Zoom and shout out to my wife, Brooke, who uh, <laughs> has like the Mac Daddy Zoom plan. And that way uh, I can sort of borrow her account for the day. <laughs> but um, anyway, so pumped to be here. You know, um, it's just a beautiful, beautiful spring day out there. Uh, once again, we have uh, total schizophrenic weather. We just had you know, 50 plus degree weather up in the mountains. And now it snowed a foot yesterday, which we're so pumped about because literally tomorrow we head back to Hawaii Nei for several months to our homeland. Oh, Ohana, our island, our Aina, as they say. We're so excited um, to be back in Hawaii Nei. I just got my nose swabbed this morning <laughs> for the second time so I can get into the dang state. Doesn't matter if you're a resident, you live there, you own a home there. None of that even matters. You got to get swabbed like a million times to be able to go to Hawaii nowadays. So I got swabbed a few days ago, got swabbed again today. Hopefully I'll have those results so I don't have to do any quarantining. <laughs> But if I do, I'll be podcasting a lot, but hopefully we'll, we'll get through all that and be able to get on with our business over there. So super pumped, super excited to be back Oh, and excited to podcast uh, today because I've had, I've had all of this, uh, sorry about that uh, little technical difficulty, all of, all of this uh, time to be able to um dig into the research this past probably couple of weeks. I've been researching this topic for today. It was something that a couple of people had asked me about. And I love to be able to honor your requests and your interests and those things that you want to hear about. Um, and so here we go. We're going we're gonna to get to this very important topic, which I think for anybody over, depending on what study you read, over 18 or over 20 should care a whole lot about because some studies say by the time you're 17 or 18, this important, important substance in your body, the glue that holds us all together, starts to decline and you make less of it. Some sources say around 20, but for sure, our production of this super important substance declines every passing year. Like, holy crap, guys, I am like 30 years beyond that uh, research there. So I've had 30 years of this substance to decline and 
Maybe you can kind of see it in a few of the wrinkles that I have in my face there. You know, I got a couple of those, uh, what do they call them? Those ladies out there that know all the terminology, crow's feet or something like that. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to be talking about collagen. It's pretty exciting stuff. I'm talking about the research, talk about the background, a little bit about the physiology, you know, that cool nitty gritty science stuff. I won't get too deep into the weeds, I promise. But without uh, jumping in, just wanted to shout out to a recent uh, five-star review. Guys, I just love the reviews and I really hope you keep them coming because that's how this show gets more recognized, noticed, and out there to the folks that haven't heard of it. The modern medicine movement is here to stay and I need you guys to keep it that way and keep it out in the forefront of the, you know, cutting edge science and just health, health podcast, health and wellness. This is it. Holistic health at its finest. So five-star review. Uh, thank you. Kalman, uh, S E another five-star review entitled great information from a solid source. Ah, I love that. It says just found out about this podcast from a zoom seminar, took away actionable information from the very first episode. I listened to regarding the circadian fasting. Oh, that was kind of a recent one. That one was fun, guys. Easiest way to fast. Uh, Continues on. Need to dive into the rest of them now. Thanks for doing the podcast! Exclamation point. Five stars. Woohoo! So thanks again um, for putting out that review. And if you haven't already, uh, head over to Apple Podcasts. Scroll down to where you see the five stars. Click on the one farthest to the right. And then below that, there's a little link, a little kind of square with a pencil at the top. Click on that link and just drop me a quick review and that'll get this show out there to the world where it needs to be because there are literally, I was going to say millions, but shoot, how many billion humans are out there? Seven, eight billion, 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 seven, eight, I think eight billion folks out there now that could use this because anybody who's human can use this information. It's good stuff. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, shout me out, uh, share, 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 and share a like, and spread the word, because that's how we get this information out there. So thank you for that. Uh, you can reach out to me at Aloha Surf Doc on Insta, or Modern Medicine Movement on Insta, or Modern Medicine Movement Podcast at gmail.com. So you can send me an email as well. Anyway, um, collagen, what the heck is that stuff? Is it a fad? Is it here to stay? Is it the real deal? Is it just hype? What is up with that stuff that everybody's been plastering social media with the last few years? What is up with that stuff that has been plastered literally all over social media? Well, (laughs) collagen, it's actually the most common protein in our entire body. So if you take our whole body And what's the most common protein in the entire body, head to toe? It is collagen. It makes up, uh, depending on the source you read, between a quarter to a third of all the protein in our entire body. That's how important collagen is. Is it literally the glue that holds us together? And it's what gives us a backbone, right? Our bones are primarily made up of collagen. Our skin, our hair, our nails, like all of that stuff throughout our whole body, the, 
the stuff that holds our organs in place, like all of that is collagen. Even our digestive system is made up of collagen. Those tight junctions, you know, you've heard of the leaky gut, you know, there's some problems potentially with collagen there, the matrix that holds all of those things together. Collagen is the glue. <laughs> there's a Greek word that, um, Colos, K-O-L-L-A, not like the Pepsi Cola or Coca-Cola, but the Greek word cola is actually the origin of the word collagen. So Greek with a K, K-O-L-L-A, and um, the rest of us here in the Western world, C-O-L-L-A-G-E-N, collagen, comes from that cool Greek word, which actually literally means glue. It's the glue that holds us together. And you know, like I said, it's the top protein in our entire body, most common protein found. It is also what makes up 75% of our skin. You know, this stuff here, skin, all right? And as we age, we know, just like I said at the outset, our collagen production is going down. You know, if you're, if you're getting up there into your 80s and you pinch your skin like I'm doing here and it doesn't snap back right away, you know, um, and it just doesn't seem elastic or it seems super thin. You know, I see a lot of folks coming in that get injured that literally their skin just tears away instead of just getting a little abrasion or a scrape like, like you or, or I most oftenly do. Um, you know, my kids too, for example, that scrape turns literally into, you know, like their skin just kind of peels all the way off of them and we call it a skin tear. Well, the primary reason that happens is the skin gets thin as we age, from the decrease in production of collagen, which as I said at the outset, is somewhere between 17 to 20 years of age, our collagen production by our cells called fibroblasts. Yeah, the fibroblasts, they reduce their production rate at almost 1% a year <laughs> until we age. So by the time we're 80, like we only have about a third of the production levels of collagen as we did when we were 20. Like, holy crap, only one third, like 66 and a, you know, two thirds percent have gone away, right? Because if you add 20 um, with 66 years, you're in your 80s, right? You know, roughly. So, so how do we combat that? Is there a way to combat that? How can we get youthful skin without doing injections or the fake uh, procedure, you know, for decreasing wrinkles called Botox, right? That doesn't do anything long-term. I mean, you know, shout out to everybody getting Botox out there. A lot of folks are making lots of money off of that. Not me, but <laughs> trust me, I've actually thought about it because why not, right? People want to do it and it makes them more, you know, just loving their skin or whatever it is. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you a different way that you can do this without injections. You don't have to inject collagen into your body, which is temporary, or inject botulinum toxin, right? <laughs> that stuff only lasts a couple of months because it paralyzes, right, the nerves and the muscle cells in there that basically don't show the wrinkles. I mean, the wrinkles are still there. I'm going to teach you some techniques to be able to fill up that thinner skin so that you don't notice the wrinkles without any injections, right? We'll get into that. Anyway, collagen is the most common building block of our bones, our skin, our nails, our hair, our teeth, our tendons, our ligaments. It's literally that glue, right? We talked about that glue that holds us together. And oh my gosh, it's so important for all these reasons, not just so we look youthful and we can take pride in our, in our youth, you know, whatever, or, 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 get rid of wrinkles or what have you and bolster up our skin. Like 
It's important for our bones. Literally, the most common protein in bone is literally collagen. It makes up that bone matrix to the greatest degree, over 90% of our bone mass, actually. Some studies say up to 95% of our bone mass comes from collagen. So who thinks collagen is important out there? Give me a little shaka. Thumbs up, shaka, absolutely. Super important, all right? Because one of the conditions that many of us may face as we age, besides that thinning of our skin and getting the, you know, the crow's feet or whatever, is osteoporosis. And one of the ways to combat that is with additional collagen. So we'll talk about that because the bones are legit, mostly collagen. Anyway, a lot of times we have heard from our doctors, bless their hearts, they just don't always know this information that we got to be taking calcium, calcium, that's the most important thing. Well, I don't know if it's the most important, to be honest. Collagen may be one of the more important things with bone health because our bones are made up of it. And taking a little vitamin C with the collagen, we'll get into that later, will help us absorb it better, help it function better, even throw in a little zinc. Like, these things are super important. So, as I said, collagen is what makes up most of our body's protein, right? A third of our body's protein is collagen, makes up our bones, our skin, our hair, our nails, our teeth. There's a lot of different types. There's over 30 types of collagen out there. But, you know, don't, don't get confused about that. It's actually pretty simple. In fact, the dominant type is type 1 or Roman numeral 1, type 1 collagen, because this is the overwhelming majority. So if you get this question on a science test, physiology, human you know, anatomy, physiology, the most common type of collagen in your body, you guessed it, type 1. And that's because it was discovered first. <laughs> no big surprise. Why might it be discovered first? Because it's the most common. It makes up about 90% of all the collagen you have in your entire body is literally type 1 collagen. So it's the most common. That's the one in your skin, your hair, your nails. You know, it just makes up that connective tissue throughout all of your body. And then type 2, which many of you have probably heard about. Um, I happen to suffer from a little bit of a type 2 problem, you know, with my joints being a little bit more messed up from all my wear and tear, you know, from all my activities, you know, <laughs> which is just fine. But type 2 collagen is the one that tends to make up the joints, that, uh, you know, I just injured my meniscus, for example, in my knee a few weeks ago, and it's a doozy. <laughs> and that's the type 2 collagen. So I have been taking a type 2 collagen supplement in addition to the type 1 and 3 that I've been taking for a long time. We'll talk all about that. But type 3, you'll often hear about as well. This is a supporting structure in muscles, organs, even the arteries. Like, did you know that your arteries are muscular? and sort of elastic, and you want them to be that way, like pliable, to be able to open up and allow blood flow, and that's because of this type 3 collagen. And there's been actually some studies looking at collagen supplementation to help with the arteries, which is pretty cool. Type 4 helps with filtration. It's also found in the layers of your skin. We could go on, type 5, type 6. Like I said, there's over 30 types. <laughs> We're not going to get that far down the list because, like I said, type 1 is over 90% of all of your collagen in your body. So let's, let's start with that. But as we have talked about, our production of this collagen, all of the collagen goes down with age, about 1% a year, starting roughly somewhere between 17 and 20 years old. And oh my gosh, <laughs> 
there is something we can do. I wouldn't even talk about it if there was nothing to do about it, okay? There's a couple of things we can do about it. But anyway, you've probably heard of collagen being sold in supplement form, collagen being sold in sort of this bone broth mix that you can do or people that advocate just getting, you know, bones of chicken or beef and just boiling the heck out of these bones and and we can get collagen all of those ways. It's actually super interesting. Um, some of the best bone broths out there are literally the ones that take 72 hours to create because collagen in our bodies, this important protein, it um, over time and heat, you can kind of get it to where it can be released and into a form that you can easily absorb into your into your body because um, I don't know if any of you guys have ever played around with uh, a rope and cut it and then kind of unwound the fibers of the rope, you know, or any of you out there, ladies who braid hair, your own or your daughter's, you know, just the way that you guys braid that usually three strands together. Well, our collagen is actually somewhat like that. It's three strands sort of, you know, wound together, kind of like a rope or like braided hair. Um, in what's called a triple helix. So you've heard of the double helix of DNA. This is a triple helix. And so it's literally wound together like a rope. And then it can also not only form strands, but it can form sheets, you know, like in your skin. And super interesting. And what happens when you heat it up, it sort of unwinds and it kind of falls apart and it becomes more easily accessible for us to eat and digest it and to get the most out of it. You know, if you just chew on a bone, you can get some collagen that way, you know, but uh, to be able to get the most out of it and digest it the most easily, if you're going to use whole bones is to literally make a bone broth and let it simmer for about three days. That's kind of the sweet spot, 72 hours. <laughs> I don't know, man, I would probably run out of propane if I simmered anything. We have gas <laughs> stove in our house in uh, both Hawaii and here in the mountains. And uh, <laughs> I think I'd run out of gas if I let anything simmer for three days. Plus, don't know that I trust that with the kids, but you'd probably do it in a crock pot or something like that because it just it doesn't need to be on super high heat because it actually starts to denature it. Just, um, 40 degrees centigrade, which is like 104 degrees Celsius. And then the sweet spot, I think, where it all sort of melts apart is uh, about 60 degrees Celsius. So 150, 60, something like that degrees. Um, you don't have to bring it to a boil, like literally just kind of simmer it. And you, you know, if you want to make your own bone broth, go for it. Uh, three days worth of simmering will give you that sweet spot mix. And I don't know, guys, I just don't have the patience for that. But uh, <laughs> anyway, we'll talk a little bit more, more about that because it is important um, to kind of understand how this is both made. You know, if you do a bone broth, it's simple. You just kind of heat and simmer. And, you know, if you guys have ever cooked a, a soup or used bones and you get later when you let it cool, you get sort of that gelatin kind of looks kind of like jello. It's, you know, if it's chicken bones, it's usually a yellow color. Um, you can use beef uh, bones as well. And what kind of that uh, hardening at the end when you let it cool, it's literally gelatin, which is basically a form of collagen. So don't throw that out. That's the good stuff. Like if you want to just scoop that up and eat that as your supplement, that's where the collagen lies, like in that gelatin. And we'll talk about the gelatin form. Some companies uh, 
provide a gelatin form of the bone broth uh, mix that you can buy. Others provide a powder, which is hydrolyzed, um, which is probably the most common form out there is in a powder. And if you think about it, um, it's, I guess we'll just answer this question now because I'm thinking of it, but, but basically collagen is from um, animal tissue. It could be porcine, which is pig. I typically prefer bovine, which is cow. I don't really eat much pig. I just find it to be harder to source, you know, grass-fed, grass-finished beef is a little bit easier to find. Um, also, marine collagen, which is usually from fish, from the scales and bones of a fish, um, that's marine collagen, but I would caution those that might be allergic to any kind of seafood or things like that. They might have to check on the marine collagen, make sure they don't have any sensitivities to it. But by and large, I'll just speak to this now, that collagen is super well tolerated. I mean, it basically makes up the majority of all of our protein in our whole body. So most of us aren't allergic to it. Um, like I said, if you have a problem with fish or something, you might want to avoid the marine-based collagen. But collagen is super well tolerated, probably one of the most tolerated uh, supplements out there, very little to no side effects. I mean, it's just it's stuff that makes us up like legit. Our skin is 75% collagen. Our bones are 90 something percent collagen. Uh, over a third of all of our protein and all of our body, including muscle and everything else, a third of that is collagen. So it is something our bodies tend to recognize. And most of us fortunately don't have a problem with collagen. But I will say that there is no vegan collagen per se. And so if you're a, a vegan and don't uh, tolerate or don't use any kind of meat um, or animal-based, I should say, product at all, um, there's no vegan collagen out there. However, we're going to talk about some things that you can do to enhance your body's production of collagen because all is not lost, guys. If you're a vegan, vegetarian, totally fine. I'm going to give you some tips on how you can enhance your body's ability to make more collagen because we know how to do this. The body knows how to make collagen. And actually, um, any of the uh, collagens, like I said, between one and 30 something, the body knows how to make these. It can manufacture them. There are some things that you can do to en enhance it, like having adequate vitamin C, magnesium, zinc, things like that, having adequate amounts of that in your diet so your body can literally be able to manufacture the collagen and the fibroblasts get pepped up. And there's some things to do to avoid damage to collagen. We'll talk about that a little bit later as well. But if you see a product out there that says vegan collagen, I hate to tell you, it's probably a scam. There is really no such thing as vegan collagen because plants, right? Plants do not make collagen. They just simply do not make collagen. It's an animal-based phenomenon. It's an animal-based um, you know, a protein that is made in all types of animal species. Like I said, from us as humans, um, the marine, you know, and the fish and, and other marine animals, as well as bovine, right? Uh, which is from the cows or porcine from the pigs. And so, um, collagen in and of itself is an animal based product. So, um, don't worry, like I said, if you're vegan or vegetarian, we'll talk a little bit more later how you can enhance your body's own production of collagen because we make it. Your body knows how to do it. And in fact, when you do eat or take <laughs> or drink bone broth or, or whatever it is or a scoop of collagen powder, 
when you um, take that into your body, your body actually breaks it down into the amino acids, usually into a monopeptide, dipeptide, or tripeptide. It's not in these super long chains of peptides like are found in collagen. Um, they're actually broken down into much smaller, smaller parts, usually amino acids and then groups of amino acids called dipeptides, tripeptides, and quatripeptides, which are about the smallest that you digest. These big, long chains of peptides, you know, amino acids and things are, are what make up collagen, um, mostly proline and glycine and hydroxyproline. Those are the three most common types of amino acid in collagen. And when we take supplements or a bunch of bone broth or chew on bones or whatever, our body breaks that down anyway into the smaller part. So, so don't think that just because you took collagen, it's just going to jump right to whatever place in your body unchanged. No, no, no. It still has to go through the digestive tract, right? <laughs> so we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But anyway, um, the source of most of this collagen is from you know, animals uh, like, like cows and, and pigs and, and fish, because those are the three most common, uh, we can call them vertebrates, animals that have bones or backbones that, that we can easily source collagen from. And, you know, sort of the sine qua non or, or sort of the traditional form of collagen was from bone broth. Our ancestors have been, you know, doing this ever since they, you know, invented fire, right? <laughs> Boiling things and cooking things and and bone broth was one of the original, you know, superfoods, if you will. So if you like to do uh, your collagen that way, I commend you. Like, I just don't have the patience for three days of simmering. But at some point, I'm going to figure that out because I want to do that. Because I think, why not do it the most natural way? <laughs> but bone broth was sort of the original superfood. And not only do you get the collagen with that, but you'll get some glucosamine, some chondroitin, hyaluronic acid, you know, all that stuff will come together because you're taking the whole thing, right? You're taking the whole bone <laughs> and connective tissue and you're cooking it, simmering it so you can make that available for you. But as I said, um, combining, like if you have a collagen supplement, which uh, combines vitamin C with it, that's fantastic because that helps you uh, to be able to produce it, um, better because you need the vitamin C or just make sure you're getting adequate vitamin C in your diet. Um, and, you know, I've talked to people who never took collagen and then all of a sudden they have started taking collagen, like my wife, for example. Um, and I've even started myself because I ain't getting any younger, <laughs> not only just skin stuff, but my joints, like I mentioned to you, I've been taking collagen and literally we've noticed uh, differences within a couple of weeks, uh, 30 days for sure. Most all people recognize some differences. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just find it easier myself to take it in supplement form because I, I don't have the patience to simmer a bone broth for three days. Um, I, uh, I want to get to that point. I think it makes sense to, to be able to do that, take it from the source. And our ancestors, they did that, right? They ate the whole animal, like nose to tail, as is often described, you know, when they went hunting, nothing went to waste. They ate the organs, they ate the connective tissue, and now we kind of like throw all that stuff out. You know, I think we've become a little bit, uh, I don't know, prima donna about what we choose to eat, right? Everybody just wants that lean muscle meat. And, and I think we, we should go back a little bit and try to eat more of the whole animal. We'll get a lot more benefits that way. You know, eating liver has a lot of benefits, for example. Um, eating, eating the connective tissue, you know, or making the bone broth even better <laughs> so we can be able to uh, process that more easily as it's been heated for a couple of days. Anyway, 
Um, as mentioned, when we eat collagen, whether it be straight from the animal bones or from bone broth, our body breaks it down anyway into amino acids, usually dipeptides, um, tripeptides, monopeptides, and then our body can resynthesize these into collagen. And what's interesting, and I don't know that they've been able to definitively, you know, delineate how this happens, but basically it's been shown that when you take a collagen supplement or bone broth, I'll sort of just use those interchangeably because they're kind of the same thing, more or less. They both have high amounts of collagen. That actually stimulates your own body to produce more collagen. So it's not just that, like I said, it, we can't think so simply that you take collagen and it just jumps to your bones, right? It actually gets broken down in the gut, then it gets reassembled, and but it actually stimulates those cells called the fibroblasts, probably because there's just more of it around, right? They're like, hey, look at all this collagen, you know, or at least the 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 sort of building blocks, I should say, you know, the amino acids, glycine, proline, hydroxyproline. Look at all this glycine out there. Look at all this proline, hydroxyproline. Let's make it into something super cool. Let's make it into that glue that holds the body together or into bone or for me, make it into the meniscus of the knee because I need that. Like when, when your fibroblasts, which are the cells that makes the collagen, see a whole bunch of, of these ingredients floating around, the building blocks, if you will, and that's because you've either been eating them or taking it in the form of bone broth or in the form of a supplement. They say, hey, let's make more, you know? And that's sort of been shown that these biochemical pathways get kind of turned on and amped up. And some vitamins help this even more, which tend to be vitamin C, for example, um, minerals and, and so on help, zinc, uh, selenium. Also, vitamin B6 helps out a, a, as well. Um, and so... If you're, especially if you're just opposed to taking collagen because it comes from an animal, you want to make sure you have adequate vitamin C, super important, um, as well as vitamin B6, super important, zinc, also magnesium. If you can make sure to optimize these vitamins and minerals, that will be super, super helpful because in our bodies, you know, when we manufacture collagen, it starts, you know, with the amino acids, we start putting them together, it forms into what's called pro-collagen. Um, that's by combi combining the two amino acids, glycine and proline. And that process, which combines them and makes it into this pro-collagen, actually uses vitamin C. So it's part of the biochemical pathway. And so please make sure you're getting adequate vitamin C. And I, I don't know if I podcasted on that yet. I might have included it in a supplement podcast. I think I did a few episodes ago. But it does matter what kind of vitamin C you take. You just don't want to pee it out, right? It's water-soluble. So you just don't want to pound the vitamin C if it's not going to be bioavailable uh, bio and make expensive urine. You want to actually be able to absorb it. So there's certain types, and there's some are better than others. And of course, always whole foods is a great source. That's always what I advocate first. So glycine, the most common protein, or I should say amino acid in collagen, of course, is found in skin, um, chicken skin, you know, cow skin, pork skin, gelatin. Um, also, it's found in other areas of the meat, you know, it's found in fish and dairy and eggs. Um, so that's uh, the amino acid glycine. Glycine in and of itself is also found in certain beans or legumes. So you can get uh, your glycine up if you're uh, vegetarian or vegan. Um, definitely would recommend getting your glycine up uh, by, you know, eating beans, you know, beans, beans. <laughs> 
musical fruit, right? We all know about that. But beans are, are not only a great source of protein, but uh, of glycine in particular, which is a building block of collagen. So make sure you get your protein. Um, primarily, um, these are coming from the different meats and, and uh, you know, the bones and the cartilaginous tissues, the matrix, you know, the bone broth. All right. So let's talk about, we've talked about kind of where we can get this. Um, and it's basically a protein, right? It's the most common protein in our whole body. So some people wonder, you know, how does that play into our protein intake? Well, it counts, right? It's protein. So when you eat protein, it counts as protein. You know, it's four kilocalories per gram. So that's why if you look at collagen and the nutrition facts label, it's going to say, um, for example, the type I take says it's five grams, you know, with the serving size of, of us, of collagen. And so if you look at the calories, what's five times four, 20 calories. So there is a, there is a calorie, um, associated with, of course, I don't count calories myself. I think it's kind of a silly, um, practice that doesn't really move the needle, so to speak. I find that, uh, paying more attention to what the ingredients are and eating whole foods and improving the quality of your foods and the ingredients in your foods matters way more than counting calories. But, but what comes into play for me is, um, Every morning, I tend to delay the onset of breakfast. That's because I practice this kind of circadian fast. And to learn more, uh, listen to my recent podcast. But basically, I don't take my collagen first thing in the morning because I take a couple of scoops, and that would be, um, in my case, at least uh, 10 grams. So 10 times 4 would be 40 calories already. And then I tend to drink some um, water and um, sort of a vitamin beverage in the morning. And, and if I took all of that together, it would break the 50-calorie sort of uh, standard for breaking the fast. So I try to keep my calories down in the morning, and I take my collagen later in the day. Um, some people find they do better if they take it with food. You know, there's lots of collagen supplements out there that, in fact, the overwhelming majority, which I love, they don't tend to have any taste. So you can mix it with literally anything. You can mix it in water. You can mix it in your coffee. You can mix it in tea. You can mix it in your soup. You can mix it in almost anything because they don't tend to have flavor, most of them. Now, there are some collagens out there that come in a liquid and they're flavored. They have all kinds of additives and the companies that promote them say they're so much better. And honestly, I would beware because there's no data that says they're any better than anything else. I Trust me, I looked up hundreds of research studies and the majority of them use a powdered form of collagen. That's just the most common one out there nowadays. Um, but there were some using the liquid forms. And I think the problem I have with the liquids is that typically to make the liquid collagen, they're starting with a powder for most of these companies start with a the powder. They reintroduce it back with liquid. They throw in some other things, sometimes preservatives, sometimes things that keep it stable at room temperature. Often they're adding more things, more additives. And I'm just not a fan. I just like to keep things simple, simple, right? Simplicity is bliss. <laughs> That's what I always say. Anyway, simplicity is bliss. So I just take a natural form of collagen. That's primarily just collagen alone. I think there are um, three ingredients on the on the bottle, but uh, it's primarily just collagen. Vitamin C is one of the ingredients as well. Um, but uh, I I tend to think that uh, either doing the bone broth is is fantastic, or just a simple collagen powder that doesn't have a bunch of additives is the best way to go. 
And I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the liquids. I think it just doesn't make sense. The data doesn't really prove it. Anything that's been engineered to stay stable in the liquid form at room temperature, uh, usually it's going to have more additives. So personally, I'm not a fan, and I just haven't seen the data that really shows that it's any better. So if somebody says that there is and theirs is better because it's a liquid, I would uh, exercise a little bit of caution and uh, take a look at the data if there is any. I just haven't seen much that compares head-to-head powder versus liquid and that has shown the liquid to be any better. So, And I think the liquid tends to be more expensive is my understanding. So I just stick to the simple. Simplicity is bliss, right? (laughs) And now let's just kind of change gears just a little bit before we wrap. I want to make sure we can all optimize the collagen that we have. Because as we age, we tend to lose collagen, as mentioned, you know, in the form of underproduction, let's say. We just produce less and less of it, about 1% less per year, starting anywhere between 17 and 20 years old. And so we want to keep every bit of that collagen that we have. And one of the ways to do that is to avoid what's called glycation. And you guys have heard of glycation of other things, right? Like uh, the hemoglobin A1C, which is the glycated hemoglobin, and the glycation is from sugar, right? Elevated sugar um, in our blood and elevated sugar running around in our body tends to be, you guessed it, sticky, and it sticks to everything. So I got to digress. I got this funny story. I, I purchased my first vehicle when I was like 15 and a half years old, and um, the one thing I was annoyed with is um, the previous owner had like, I don't know if it was a Coke or uh, Dr. Pepper or Mr. Pibb. Shout out to those Mr. Pibb fans out there. I think it was Mr. Pibb actually. And it was spilled in the cup holder of this old uh, Ford Escort <laughs> that I bought when I was 15. And I could not for the life of me get that sticky residue you know, to clean up. Like I literally tried 10 different occasions, 10 different things, hot water, cold water, just let the water sit in there, put baking soda. And I just like, for the life of me, could not get rid of this sticky Mr. Pibb. <laughs> this was not the diet version. This was the all sugar, high fructose corn syrup version. And this just reminds me of how sticky sugar is. And it's sticky everywhere in these things that hopefully we're not drinking, but it's sticky in our bodies if our sugar is up. Even if we don't have diabetes, we could have an elevated blood sugar or prediabetes or what 88% of us have, which is insulin resistance, which is typically, you know, the starting point is a slightly high glucose. And so when we have too much glucose running around, it literally sticks to everything and it can stick to your collagen. And when it cross links the collagen fibers, it jacks them up. They just become less, you know, elastic and useful. And it just, you know, they just don't last as well, or they're not hardy as they should be. And, you know, think of this picture. um, I don't know if you guys have ever played with like those little beach balls or those kind of, you know, play balls that your kids get that are blown up. Usually they're a little bit bigger than a basketball. And, And if you were to take a sticky residue and paint it on there like varnish, Let's say, for example, as a kid, I used varnish for everything. I painted it on wood and then made it into these boards I used to throw into the surf and, you know, skim boards, we called them, and it was that hard layer of varnish. And if you, if you painted this ball with that and then it was subjected to heat and other things, it would actually crack and get brittle, which is what happens when <laughs> this sugar 
in your body if you have elevated blood sugar or if you have diabetes, prediabetes, insulin resistance. It actually cross-links with the collagen and makes it kind of brittle. So it loses that nice, elastic, kind of bouncy feel that we need and want for our skin, for our joints and all of that. And that elevated sugar actually messes with it. So one of the things we can do to prevent our collagen from not working well is to make sure our blood sugar is in great control, right? Like less than 80 fasting, I would say, is ideal, right? Because once it gets above 80, it gets into the mid and upper 80s and 90s, close to 100. Even though your doctor says you don't have diabetes, I can guarantee you have some insulin resistance. So you want to tackle this early on because 88% of us have some version of it. And this can damage our collagen by this thing called glycation, right? And messes with all of the collagen in our body, our elastin, our skin, of course. And it just is not good. <laughs> it's not good basically for any collagen, right? Not just for our skin, but also the collagen that's in our blood vessels that helps it be elastic so it doesn't get hardened, you know? Um, so avoid excess sugar, pay attention to sugar, pay attention to your fasting blood sugar, pay attention to your fasting insulin. I podcasted a lot about this previously, so take a look at those podcasts on metabolism. Um, also, too much sunshine is not good. You know, we've all seen the 40-year-old that looks like their skin is 60 or 70 years old and sort of that classic leathery skin, and that's because they got too much sun, okay? This is like what my Australian friends would call sun baking. You know, they go out and they literally like bake for hours. <laughs> now, this is not what I'm talking about when I, I promote vitamin D therapy, okay? This is not what I'm talking about. Vitamin D is good and I get it in healthy amounts. I mean, check me out. I'm a fair skinned dude. Like if I'm in the sun more than like 15 or 20 minutes, I might, you know, get a little pink, a little sunburn. I don't like that. I just like to get the minimum. So, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes of sunshine and I'm good. I don't go out there and sun bake because <laughs> I get a little bored anyway, but uh, that's another story. But uh too much sunshine will damage your skin. That's because sun is ultraviolet radiation, right? Anything we put out in the sun for a long period of time, you know, it gets brittle. You know, if you leave a plastic toy out in the sun for months and years at a time, that thing literally will disintegrate, you know, as do plastic water bottles. So I try to, you know, um, dissuade people from using too many plastic water bottles. And of course, definitely not to keep them in warmth or sunshine because that's, you're going to be drinking that plastic, which has the synthetic estrogens and all those other things you want to avoid. Anyway, um, smoking also, big surprise, right? How many things does smoking do that are not good to our body? Well, one of them is it jacks up our collagen. It destroys our collagen. It impairs wound healing. It leads to wrinkles. We all know this. It definitely delays and wound healing are huge because of uh, smoking and, you know, all the toxins that are involved in smoking. So those are kind of, there's others, but let's just keep it to those three. Um, too much sun, too much sugar or elevated blood sugar, insulin resistance, diabetes, prediabetes, excess of sunshine and smoking. All those things will jack with your collagen. So um, avoid them, avoid them all like the plague <laughs> other than healthy doses of vitamin D in the sunshine, you know, this 15 to 20 minutes, try to not do the Australian sun baking thing. I love how they say it sun baking. I think when I grew up, it was called sun bathing. That's because I grew up in California and everybody loved to sort of just bask and bathe in the sun, but the Australians got it right. It's sun baking. You're literally baking yourself. So if you're getting to the point of hours in the sun, that's probably not 
healthful or youthful for your skin, that's, that's not good. That's sun baking. So anyway, we talked about how to get collagen naturally, which is basically bone broth and its derivatives, you know, that gelatin that after you've cooked that, that soup with bones in it for hours and hours and hours, that gelatin part is actually the good stuff. That's high, high, high in collagen. And so I couldn't do a podcast without mentioning some research studies. There's actually, there's a lot of them out there. I'll put a couple links in the show notes, but, but there's actually more data than you would think. Literally dozens and dozens of studies looking at benefits to skin, benefits to hair and nails, as well as what I was most concerned about is my joints. Like that type 2 collagen, I'm down for that. That's what I want, you know. I'm not too concerned about these little crow's feet over here, you know, but... Uh, but why not? If it's going to help that as well, what the heck? I'm not opposed to fixing those either with a healthy source like bone broth or a natural collagen because it's been shown to improve that. Um, a 2019 study showed improvements in skin appearance and the elasticity um, and minimizing wrinkles. And that was oral collagen. I hate to say, guys, but the liquid or lotion type collagens doesn't really work <laughs> as far as enhancing your collagen. It can make your skin look more supple and more, you know, let's say moist, you know, but it's not going to change the collagen in your skin. So if you're using a lotion that's super expensive that says, hey, it's, it's got collagen in there, it's going to give you youthful skin, I hate to break it, but there's really no good data out there that liquid form collagen applied to the skin is going to be helpful in any way for your collagen. It could make it look better hydrated just because of the moisture and things like that, but it's actually not going to change the collagen in your skin. Um, the other thing is that uh, arthritis studies, right? Guys like me that have a lot of degenerative um, tissue problems, not awesome, but we have them. And, and the collagen has been shown, especially the type 2 collagen has been shown to benefit us <laughs> in this category with decreasing joint pain and things like that, helping to revitalize our type two collagen in our joints. So I'm a big fan. There's several studies that have looked at that. I will post a couple of them in the show notes um, and, and just big meta analyses of all the studies. There's one good one out there specifically looking at skin stuff. I think it was eight or 10 studies, uh, several hundred patients. And basically um, nearly all of them showed significant benefits in um, the appearance of skin, the decrease in wrinkles. This is using type 1 and 3 collagen uh, primarily, and I'll throw that up in the show notes uh, as well. So um, at the end of the day, my <laughs> simple answer is why not? Why not add collagen to your list of things that you want your body to enhance its production of by not only making sure you got the vital ingredients, things like glycine, proline, hydroxyproline, and you can get this through bone broth, um, a lot of the collagen powders out there. I take a, a, a powder mixture, which is type 1 and 3 collagens primarily, which I think many of you uh, may be familiar with, and that's because type 1 is the most dominant, most predominant. You know, 90% of all the collagen in our body is type 1. Uh, type 3 is useful. I also take a separate type 2 collagen product. I mean, honestly, I'm not sure that it adds a lot since these are all broken down uh, in our bodies to those amino acids, the mono, di, and tripeptides. And so as long as we're getting adequate amounts of these, it's going to be super important. Like for 
my vegetarian and vegan friends out there, please make sure you're getting enough protein in your diet and that you're able to digest it. Make sure you're getting enough glycine, right? Glycine is primarily the main amino acid, proline as well, and that you're getting enough vitamin C, getting enough zinc and magnesium, these things, as, as well as vitamin B6. These things will help you in your collagen production natively um, without necessarily taking bone broth or a powdered supplement. But for me, because there's almost no side effects in truth, unless you have an allergy or sensitivity to some of these, either the animal or the fish derivatives that the collagen comes from, why not? It's not super expensive. Um, it's super helpful and has been shown in many studies to not only help with skin, those signs of aging, but also with the things that I care about a lot is the joints. So I personally have decided to take a collagen supplement and I haven't seen any downside to it <laughs> and it's helped me a lot. So why not? So anyway, I hope you found this useful. Um, collagen is that important glue that holds us together. We all have it. We all need it. It's important and we can all make it. So remember that. Share this with a friend, a family member. Heck, anybody that uh, you think might want to learn a little bit more about collagen, um, tag me on your social media. I'd love to, to see a shout out and just to thank you personally. And reach out to me. I'd love the comments. Write me a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, just send me an email. ModernMedicineMovementPodcast at gmail.com. I just love hearing from you. It just tickles my heart. And, and I'm so grateful to get this information out there about collagen because I think there's so many misunderstandings out there about it. And I think there's a lot of utility and usefulness. And like I said, I've added it to my toolbox, so to speak. And I've made sure that I'm including enough vitamin C and zinc and magnesium and vitamin B6 to help with that process. I want to amp up those fibroblasts that started letting me down at age 17 to 20 and have decreased their production of collagen by 1% a year. I want to amp those guys up because I want to be youthful and young, not only in my appearance, but in my body, in my joints primarily. I want to be able to do those things that I want to do with my kids, my grandkids, my great-grandkids, my great-great-grandkids up until I'm 103, right? Or more. Anyway, love you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Always a pleasure. A big aloha.